nice big kitchen. And, uh, you can see out in the back garden there, there's a nice big garden with a hedge at the back and um, shed there and a, a tree which has seen better days but that's a swing of beef coming from off that tree and yeah, yeah so we bought, we bought this house with children in mind big big back garden and big big front garden and lots of places for kids to cycle around the front and play at the back there we've got nearly an acre of gardens so it's fairly big as you can see john and his wife mary not their real names live and work in dublin and have been happily married for 11 years. But for them, there's still something missing. We want a baby. Mm. Desperately. We've two great cars, two houses. I collect motorbikes. We've got boats. We've got little paintings. Loads of things. Because we've no kids. We have another house down the country. You know. we're That's, uh, that is bigger than this house. We're 11 years enjoying ourselves. We've loads of stuff. We've no kids, so... Would you give it all up in the morning? The yeah. lot. Everything whole lot of it everything absolutely we got new neighbours recently and the boys are out there's two little boys are out in the back garden on the trampoline and we're sitting out in the garden reading the paper whatever and we can hear them playing and it's lovely it's so nice really really nice and we can hear them one the older one changing the rules of all the games to get one over the younger one and it's just what little boys do <laughs> it's funny <laughs> very funny mm. it's nice to have them around mm. But it's sad as well, because they're not yours. Yeah. So that night, even when we were babysitting, and the little one-year-old came into the bed to us that following morning, and he just came in, and I put my arms around him, and he just came on my lay on my chest, and I rubbed his head, and he just went off sleep, and I just lay there rubbing him, thinking, you know, it's so unfair. And I was looking over the two of them and going... You look so comfortable. Mm. You're really, really good at it. And he just went to sleep. They just kept thinking, I wish he was mine. <laughs> For ten years now, the couple has been trying to have a baby, spending thousands on medical procedures. It's been a difficult and an emotional journey, but they are still determined to have their dream family. They are now about to try for the very last time on the most severe drugs available on the market through the IVF process to become parents. Do you want to show me all the mess that you have in your fridge? Yeah, sure. Because there are quite a number. There's quite a, quite a drugstore. Now, there was some uh, one of the drugs on it that said, I was lucky I got them because they were hard to get. And that's them all sitting there, and they have to be kept refrigerated. Some of them don't, and it's a good job because I wouldn't fit them all into the fridge. I have so many drugs. So what happens now, Mary? Everything is waiting to go. I just have to wait until I get my period. So, yeah, there's a lot of drugs this time, a lot of needles. I have the sharps box. I keep that out here, out in the conservatory. That is one of the big sharp boxes, and as you can see, it's pretty full of all the needles and shrimps, syringes, and everything. It's all in there. That's the last year and a half's amount of needles are in that. Have you chosen a sperm donor already? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looks like my best friend. 
seen a photograph. No, no, no but the, the, the description is. You, you, just get, you get a description, you get a description of the donor. He's a teacher. He's Danish. Danish. And he's six. Because the sperm is, is coming from Denmark. From Denmark, yeah. yes. Yeah. He's six foot three. Brown eyes. He's got brown eyes. And mm. he's got brown hair. There's a few other little descriptive details about him that have basically described my best friend. But it's not too dissimilar to yourself, <laughs> No, either. absolutely not. But that's not. it, they try and match it. As closely as possible, us. you know. But it is funny, because my best friend, his son, looks nothing like him. So <laughs> it's, not from the, it's not beyond the bounds of reality. You know? <laughs> so hopefully if it all works, <laughs> if mm-hmm. anybody... And we do hopefully have a baby, and anybody looks at this little thing and says, oh God, he's not like John at all. <laughs> Go. Or I said, God, he's a spitting image of John Owl. There you go. <laughs> he's going to be tall like his daddy and he's got brown hair like his daddy. <laughs> Hopefully that's what we'll be laughing about in yes. nine months. About a quarter of Irish couples have difficulty in getting pregnant. For John and Mary, they found out they couldn't naturally conceive shortly after getting married. In... 2000, the year 2000, we were a year married and we decided we'd go and start a family. So we tried and tried and tried and nothing was happening. So then we went to our GP. Because what came up, came out of it was I have Kleinfelter syndrome, which is, ups, it's not zero sperm count, it's even lower than zero. It's absolutely nothing. And I remember I had to go to the to give my sample three times and it was always a good looking nurse you're handing it to that's just okay and so we discovered that at least at that stage we knew we would have been late 20s very early 30s so we decided um after hearing this we went away on a holiday we decided while we were away we'll go for adoption so we went and applied for the adoption in 2006 and we didn't here from the HSE I think for about two years and we went and we did the whole preparation course (sighs) like it took months all of this social worker interviews we each were interviewed seven times our social worker came here to the house and my god did we scrub this house down the gardens was cut the bed and plants were put in. It was. They're, they're actually looking at your house to see if they will allow you to adopt a child. And yeah. is this house suitable? Your bleaches and everything like that that you'd normally have in the press in the bathroom, everything was taken out and put and hidden into the garage for that visit. Because a child might take it and drink it if it's at floor level. And but um, anyway, that was grand. She came. We had a good meeting with her, and she approved us for adoption. Which is great. And we had decided all along we were going to go to Vietnam because we wanted a baby. We wanted as young as possible. And we had heard Vietnam is the quickest. And um, applied down to Cork, to the agency down there who looks after the Vietnamese (coughs) adoptions. We made the appointment to go down and see them. And two days before we were due to go down, they rang and said, we're not taking any more papers. Uh, Vietnam's closed off. So how long um, through, it, through the process had you been at this point? Just, just shy of five years, so it was, yeah. I think, in the end. So we decided, right, we went back to the GP and she said, listen, go back and think about doing the donor sperm. 
But um, we came home and we talked about it and talked a lot about it and how John would feel about it more so than anything. And we decided, let's go for it. So we went back to the GP and she said, right, because of your age, because we had wasted so much time. And how old were you at this point? I was 38. And John, you would have been? Uh, 39, yeah, between us. So because of our age, our doctor said, referred us down to Clane Fertility Clinic. We have tried four, I've gone through four IUI cycles, intrauteral insemination. It's basically where they're taking the donor sperm and they're just inserting it into me, okay, at the right time of the month. Two of them had to be cancelled. The third time it did work, they rang me and I was pregnant, but I lost it about a week and a half after that then. And the fourth IUI <clears throat> just didn't work. And they don't know why, it just it didn't work. The first IVF, for some reason, when it got... That my pH levels and all that kind of thing, the bloods, they just weren't getting to the stage they want them. So so you've been through four IUIs. Four IUIs. One IVF. Yes. And now this is And now the we're going time. for the second IVF. And I'm going on an antagonist approach, this one. And it's... It's going to be a lot more drugs involved this time. And it's basically injections morning and night for this second one. But this is it. Is it, kiddo? Money tree is starting to wilt away. Mm-hmm. But Fingers crossed. Over the next months, I'll be following John and Mary on their IVF journey, a journey which will also take me to the Clain Fertility Clinic in Kildare. It's a road the couple have been down before, but this time, after a decade of trying, it's their last and final attempt at having a baby. Now, I won't do it yet because it's a bit early, but I'm going to be doing the... This one, the Gonal F. And it's March 16th and I'm over at John and Mary's. It's the first day of their IVF drug injections. And the next one I'm going to be doing, doesn't have to be in the fridge because there's no room. It's called Lufrus. And this is the new one that I'm not sure about. But it's because of my age. And so it's like a booster. Yes. This is hopefully going to boost and give me loads of follicles. The injections Mary's taking are severe and can have many side effects. But they're necessary for follicles to grow in her ovaries. The reason follicles are so important is because most of them contain eggs, which can then be fertilised. I have to get the belly out. So now I have a little needle. Let's just pinch your stomach like that. And I just put it in. Like they tell me I have to do everything between 5 o'clock and 8 o'clock in the evening. It's now, yeah, almost seven o'clock on the button. And that's me pushing it in now, the fluid. And I want to do it before Emmerdale comes on as well. <laughs> and out. So that's that one done. The warned John. 
um, to be careful that I could be crying a lot. <laughs> I could be very weepy. I could be in a strop at times. So it's more for John to be warned, keep out of my way, maybe. <laughs> but he's away. He's away, so I'm here on my own, so I can cry and strop and do whatever I want as much as I want until he comes back. <laughs> And how did he take the news today that you'd started or that you were about to start? Well, he's, it's killing him that he's not here with me. I'm lonesome because I don't have him. Sorry, I'm going to start crying. I don't have him here with me. But worried about him away too. But I have to do it. It's the last chance. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to waste another month or two waiting. You know, because he's away, and then I have to wait maybe a month or two before it works again. So now, my syringe. And here we go. Here's the solution going in now, so. And we're done. And we'll do the same again tomorrow night. Until Sunday. Until, until I Monday. go back on Monday uh, to claim and we'll see. Hopefully that this medication is doing what it's supposed to be and there's going to be follicles there. Good morning. It's 7 o'clock on Monday the 21st of March on RT Radio 1. This is Morning Ireland with Gavin Jennings and Cahill McCullough. Today, securing the skies above Libya, another night of missile attacks, but will the Americans take out Gaddafi? The car journey from Dublin to the Clane Fertility Clinic in Kildare is one that Mary and John are very familiar with. It's six days now since Mary started her IVF injections and she's back at the clinic to meet nurses Martina and Gladys. So Mary, we're going to do your blood test first today sure, before yeah. we take you through for your scan. Big deep breath in for me now. It's a big day for Mary. Her first bloods and scans and starting the fertility drug injections. She's being examined by Martina and Gladys to see if the costly injections are working and if there are any follicles on her ovaries. Yeah, you have some follicles here. I'm just on the right ovary now. So I'm just going to measure these. So we have an 11. Well, we've never had anything on that side before. Okay, so we have one follicle here that's at 11. And you've two little small ones that are less than 10. Okay, so you have some follicles, so well done. That's okay. the most we've ever had. It is indeed. It's a relief and great news for Mary. Follicles of different sizes have started to grow on both of her ovaries. But she's been warned not to get her hopes up. She has to wait for news of blood results and success is ultimately far from guaranteed. Just one in four of the 40,000 women who go through IVF each year end up having a baby. And Mary knows all about the heartbreaking disappointments. It's tough going. In the beginning, I was, you know, your first cycle, your second one you do, and you think, oh, God, this is grand. But it does start to really drain you emotionally. So I would advise if you are doing it, be prepared. It is a tough road to go down. And there are a lot of turns on it and bends. But do it, or you'll never know. A few hours after leaving the clinic, Mary calls me with her blood results. And the blood levels are up, which they should be. 
So basically, I am going to continue on the same drugs in the evening, the Gonalef and the Lufras. And they are putting me on another injection, so I've got three a day now. I'm going back down to clean again on Wednesday morning at quarter past seven. I've got the very first appointment. Um, I want to get an early appointment because I'm collecting John from the airport then. And hopefully that follicles will have got even bigger again. It's a great start to the couple's IVF journey. Mary's bloods are up and she has some follicles. Without either, there can be no possibility of eggs, no point of a sperm donor, and ultimately no baby. It's eight days now since Mary started her injections. She's back at the clinic for a checkup. She really needs those follicles to have gotten bigger or for others to have grown. The more follicles means the more of a chance of eggs for a baby. It's great news for the couple, but they're also mindful that every step along the journey means more money will be needed. But a patient going through an IVF treatment, again looking at a patient being Mrs. A or B with nothing else wrong or no other investigations that need to be done will roughly be running into a cost of about €4,000 for IVF. They may be going a little further than IVF where more money will be involved or perhaps even less. And I can appreciate how hard it is for the patient because, you know, if you go into a shop to buy a fur coat, the tag will be on it regardless of the type of lining that's in there. But that's not the case where medicine are concerned. And it's very true to say medicine and finance will never marry. So, great. Everything's going to plan. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm delighted. So, Mary, you're rushing off now. Yes. You're going to collect John from the airport. Yes. He's coming back from his uh, time. Can't wait. I haven't seen him in nearly two weeks. Two weeks. Wow, John, welcome back. Thank you very much. How Thank are you? Me. Grand, thanks. How was your trip away? Grand, just with jet lag. John has been away while Mary has started her IVF injections. It's been isolating for him and he's been anxious. So, it's an um, emotional roller coaster. Well, I, was, I was in a very um, remote part of Tanzania, so I didn't get a chance to ring home as often as I could. And um, I was worried, you know, I, c- I couldn't be there and I couldn't help out. and. Any side effect I have is I'm bruised, but apart from that, there's no difference in me at all. Looking forward to tomorrow morning, hoping that um, the other two follicles in the left side have grown, and maybe that'll give them four follicles to work with, or, you know, they'll get as many eggs as possible. So fingers crossed for tomorrow morning. So we'll see what happens. Well, she had told me over the phone the kind of good news, and I said, well, don't tell me until I get home. That was when we had a lovely discussion at the airport about how big the follicles were and <laughs> follicles on left ovary and follicles on right ovary. And we had a good discussion that's about the kind that. Of conversation you have on the uh, arrivals hall <laughs> in, the, in the airport. <laughs> Terminal 2, you know. <laughs> but it was a good conversation. It was, it was a very good conversation. Be optimistic, be positive, keep the head up. There's nothing else you can do. This is Take. the best we've ever we've got as far. We've never been this close. So 
it's all positive. If there's three or four follicles there and they're the right size that they want, take them. Go for it. Go for it. So if tomorrow then you decide to go for an collection on Monday, we're, we're entering into the zone of, of the sperm donation coming mm-hmm. into play. Uh-huh. He's, he's down there. He's down there. He's <laughs> waiting. We know what he's like. He's tall. He's six foot two. He's got brown hair. What colour eyes? He's brown eyes, I brown think. Brown eyes. And he was a teacher. And yeah. he's from Denmark. And oh, yeah. I know all about him. <laughs> Sitting in a little container waving at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So last evening before final scan, what's the plan? We're going to the pub. (laughs) (laughs) You're not drinking and we're going to the pub. (laughs) Because I've been away for 11 days. (laughs) Yeah, so we're going down for dinner and a few drinks with neighbours down the road tonight. Just take it easy. As I said, it, it sounds callous, but we've been disappointed before. So we're doing all that we can do to make it right and we're just going to get on with it. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Ten days after Mary started her injections, and it's a critical day down at the clinic. So that follicle on the right has grown right up. And what we see on scan today, you have three dominant follicles. But we still don't know for definite whether there is an egg in each of those follicles. Okay. With the size of the follicles at this point, if yourself and John are prepared and are, are happy to go to egg collection, mm. I'm sure that Dr. Shmoon will be, be um, willing to take you. How are you feeling at this point about going to egg collection? Because I will be speaking on your behalf and being your advocate at absolutely. the lunchtime meeting. Yes, absolutely. Go for it. You're happy yep. to proceed. Yep. Okay, that's perfect. All right. right. So have a pen and piece of paper, hopefully, and we'll give you a call back and let you know everything. Be at the ready. Right. Be at the ready. And give me the lot of numbers as well. The lot of numbers, I know. <laughs> All right, Mary. Look, perfect. very best of luck. Thanks okay. Thank you. After about two hours, Mary's results are back. She still has the three follicles and we've counselled Mary and John at length about the possibilities of anywhere between zero eggs and the maximum of three eggs. And the couple have decided that they are more than happy and absolutely delighted that they're going to make egg collection eventually. And we plan that herself and John are going to be at the unit on Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Then they will meet with the consultant, Dr Shimoon, who will carry out their egg collection at exactly 9 o'clock that morning. John and Mary have never made it this far with IVF before. There's a real chance they're now going to complete their family. Nobody asks anymore. Because we've been married for 11 years, they automatically think, oh, you know, a year after you get married, you're going to have a baby. And then we didn't. And then two years and we didn't. And then three three years later, we dropped the bombshell that we're going to adopt. You know, like you got in the first year or two, people going, go on, you want to get a move on? What's up with G and blah blah And you just love to tell them, you know, be a bit more sensitive. Maybe we all can't have kids like you. You'd love to just tell them to shut up. But you can't do that because you're keeping it all to yourself as well. So I think we haven't told many people what we're going through now because we have had a lot of disappointment and it could end up that it's not going to work this time either. And if it doesn't, well, they didn't know about it in the first place, so we keep it to ourselves. We haven't told as many people because they're going to get the surprise of their life when Mary 
gets pregnant, if, if Mary gets pregnant, because they're all going to go, but we thought you couldn't conceive. <laughs> so it's going to be a miracle. Medical a medical technology has gone on. It's going to be a miracle. So we haven't told too many people about <clears throat> IVF. We've told one or two of our good special friends. And it's funny, everyone just said, yeah, you want a baby, go for it. That's the way to go. Well, a very good morning to you. It's Monday, the 28th of March. Shea Byrne, with you until 7. Today at the clinic, it's hoped eggs will be found on Mary's follicles. It's been an emotional roller coaster for both of them, and they're waiting in their private room. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? I'm well, thanks. Okay. Thank you. How are you this morning? Excited, but I'm also very nervous. It's just all that's going around in your head. And then you're thinking, God, maybe in a few months' time then I'll have a different story to tell. You know, I'll be in, lying awake in bed, wondering about having to go into the hospital to have a baby, hopefully. <laughs> a few minutes later, and Mary's been taken away for the procedure. And you're going to grab your charts. The nurses are preparing Mary before Dr. Shamoon, the couple's gynaecologist, carries out what's hoped will be the egg collection. How are you? After about 20 minutes, the procedure is all over. Uh, it, it went fine. Um, her response wasn't ideal because we have only four follicles. But uh, we got two eggs out of the four, which is just 50%. Average will be about 70-80%. But uh, if the two eggs fertilize, she will end up having two embryos, which is quite uh, reasonable for uh, a reasonable chance of success. How are you? Right. Just a little bit dozy in the head now, but no pain or anything like that. I just feel like I've had a few drinks on me. Very happy days. Mm. Um, two eggs. We've never been this far before, have we? No. So it's basically now to see will they fertilize. So they're thawing out the sperm at the moment. It's hard to imagine that at this stage the making of what's hoped will be their baby is taking place in the clinic's lab. Embryologist Fabian Ward talks me through what's happening. Here we have the two eggs that we recovered from Mary this morning and we're just about to add an aliquot of the donor sperm to those eggs. So we're just doing that now. Then the dish is covered. This goes into an incubator, and the incubator is maintained at 37 degrees Celsius, which is body temperature. And we will not look at these again now until the earliest tomorrow morning. Tuesday, the following day, and I get a phone call from Fabian. Hi Fabian, how are you? What, what's the latest? We had two eggs collected yesterday for John and Mary and this morning we have one of those showing signs of normal fertilisation. So we're delighted with that. So, so an embryo has formed? Yeah, an early embryo and we've scheduled a transfer for Mary at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Okay, so have you, have you spoken to Mary and John? Are they delighted? I have and they're both delighted. I was speaking to both of them this morning and they are so far uh, cautiously optimistic. 
Good morning. Morning, how's it? I'm Hello. fine. How are you? Great. Yeah. The next day, and I'm back at the clinic. It's just over two weeks now since Mary started IVF. Fifteen days of tummy bruising and high hopes that this could be it. Today, the embryo that's been growing in the lab will be placed back into Mary, where it's hoped it will settle into its new home for the next nine months. How did you feel getting the news yesterday? Oh, absolutely delighted. Absolutely thrilled. So please, God, it'll work. I've spent, since yesterday morning, talking to Fabian until now, waiting to get another phone call saying, no, it hasn't, it's not fertilising anymore. It's, it's not going to work, but... Fingers crossed we're here today and it's, it's going to work, but uh, we shall see. I'm starting to cry now again. <laughs> but hopefully this time. <laughs> I'm bursting to go to the loo and I'm not allowed to go either. <laughs> I have to wait. <laughs> I think it's pure um, nerves and everything. But, yeah, it's grand. Oh, of course, of course. It's time. Nurse Martina and embryologist Fabian collect Mary for the procedure. Martina is now transferring the embryo into Mary's body and within a matter of minutes, it's all over. I feel grand. Didn't feel a thing in there. Martina was brilliant. And sure, I was in and out in minutes. Felt nothing. It's in there, so... It's all, it's out of my hands now. I just have to take it easy and that's it. God will do its work now. And um, half nine on the 12th, we shall know. It's been almost two weeks since I saw John and Mary at the clinic. The night before they're due back for their pregnancy test, I catch up with them at their home. What's going on? What have you been doing? <coughs> the guttering. <laughs> the shed. That other shed. We're converting the shed down there into an office. Because we're right. going to be using the front room because for the baby. we're hoping that the front room will be a nursery. <laughs> right, so, good, so you've been hard at it. Hard at it indeed. Yeah. And it's been the longest two weeks yeah. I've put in. And especially this this time is is the worst mm. because every time you go to the bathroom, you're checking. Did I get my period? Have I lost it? And because I never know when I get it anyway. So tomorrow morning, I'm praying nothing's happening until tomorrow morning. So we go down to clean and get the blood test done again. But they could ring me tomorrow afternoon and say, no, it hasn't worked very nerve-wracking and the closer the time gets the more worry there is and we're not sure and then don't be lifting this and Mary's very bored because she's nothing to do so we've been sharing the ironing and all sorts of things I'm going <laughs> off my head with boredom and I'm seeing so much to do around the house that I always do and I'm there going John will you do this John will you hang out the washing will you bring in that washing any chance you're doing a bit of ironing what about the hoover look at the dust of the place because I would automatically just do everything and now I'm just sitting there bored out of my tree and he's going around with the hoover and I'm following him around. Get into that corner there. <laughs> so you haven't even been doing the hoovering? I've done nothing. Yeah, just to be on the same side. Absolutely. I have it in I kinda have it in my head, this is it. This is the last time. And that's why this is that I I think this is why this one has been so tough. The last two weeks have just been horrendous. 
compared to the other times. Um, I guess that's where we are. John and Mary are a month into the IVF process. After a decade of trying to complete their lives with a baby, today they find out if they're pregnant. We have the results um, in about an hour. Yeah. And you want us to phone you? If you give, if you give me a shape, I'll give you a call. Okay? No problem. Good luck. Good luck. Thank Thank you. Have you done, okay? okay. Right. Mary, too. Martina, what's happened here? They came in this morning. They were yeah. due to have their bloods. Yeah, so we had taken their bloods, and as Mary was leaving, she went to the bathroom and she has begun to, to bleed. So at this point, we have to just, it could possibly be the beginning of her period and that, unfortunately, the cycle has failed. Um, but at the moment, we have to wait on the blood test results to confirm it. It is highly unlikely, but sometimes you can have an implantation bleed or you can have bleeding and still have a positive pregnancy test. So at the moment, we have to just remain neutral and await on that blood test result. But as obviously visibly upset there, John. I mean, quite. Every couple will deal with the grief of a failed cycle or bleeding when they feel that they should not differently. And some people like to take some time out. It is a very delicate situation. You have to almost be there to comfort the patient, but also to give them room to allow them to comfort one another, which is so important as well. Two hours later, and the pregnancy test results are back. John calls me. We got bad news. It wasn't successful. We are both very upset. Um, just the tarot in our brain, the nurse, um, they rushed through the test this morning because she had the bleed in the clinic. And, um, they just said at this time they weren't successful. So I don't really know what we're at at the moment. One thing we've agreed on is that we're going to make an appointment with Dr. Shimon as fast as we can and see just what our options are and at least we know then what direction to go in because at the moment we could draw the line in the sand but we're just not quite sure um, so that's, that's where we are at present this it's early May four weeks since I last saw John and Mary Four weeks of them trying to come to terms with the fact that their dream of completing their family is over for good. After 10 years of trying and having taken the most hostile drugs available, any further effort will be futile and the journey has now ended for them. I'm back at their home where they tell me how they've been getting on. Oh God, I don't know. Um, down. Upset, annoyed, mixture of everything, but fed up as well. I've gone through all this and it has never and it hasn't worked and it's not going to work. And I've just wasted the last ten years of our lives trying for kids, and it hasn't worked. And I'm just fed up and pissed off really. And I just I want it to end now. Just fed up. And I'm going to draw a line in the sand and forget about it. I don't even want to... Talk. I know it's an off thing to say, but I don't even want to talk about kids. I don't want anyone to mention it to me again. I just want to forget about it. How about you? 
Yeah, I felt it was a wee bit like, because well, at least now we know. So we've been working for the last 10 years to have children. Now we can't have children, but I think now we're both not exactly happy, but we now can sort of draw the line in the sand and go, right, let's get on with our lives. Let's make plans. Let's get out there and do it. Mm. You know, and we have started making plans, holidays and places to go and people to see. And we just had to draw a line. Enough is enough, both emotionally and financially. We just can't afford really to be, continue doing this, forking out thousands every time. And then being told it hasn't worked. Well, why hasn't it worked? Don't know. You know, you're not. It just doesn't work. Nobody knows why it doesn't work, and it's just emotionally draining. So it is, and it's just so so disappointing when you get the news. You know that you just waste all this time. So that's I've made the decision, and I think John is as well that we just have to draw a line and forget about it now and get on with our lives. We're still young and we can go out and enjoy ourselves on our own from now on. Not with kids. Mm. And we had, like, we had always left our back garden full of grass so we could kick footballs around in the back garden. So now we're planting an orchard instead because we don't need the space. Like we're thinking, why do, we, why do we bother with this house down the country now? You had said that. Mm. Because that was the whole idea, to have it for kids and have the fields and everything around us. But now we're going to have it for us to go at the weekends and relax and enjoy ourselves. Yeah. I'm starting again. No, you're okay. I think I'm going to be like this for a long time. Okay. Stop, you're going to start crying. I'll start crying. <clears throat> I just think it's going to take a long time to get over this. And accept it. It's only been four weeks. And if one more person turns to me and goes, we have lots of nieces and nephews, I'll swing for them. (laughs) Because it's not the same, you know?